Oh my gosh, can you believe it? It's a it's another week of Bopper Flop. Another week. We made it. I don't even know what episode we're on we're anymore. We're and we're queer, and it's episode number question mark? We'll have to do some digging. Um, this this is We don't even know what episode this is going to be. No. Um, Simon, um, since we last spoke, what is new? What is happening? What's the hot gossip? Well, Aaron, I got a haircut, as you can see, and the listeners can see, so I'm feeling... Myself, I have an iced coffee, and you know that combination. Yeah, you went with Starbucks this time, and usually you get caribou, I feel like. What's the... Oh, I just... It was right next door. I, I have no allegiance to either. I just like coffee. Um, and I just want to, like, before we get too far in, um, yeah. I just want to notate that there is a sleeping dog on my lap. Yeah. And I am yeah. very sure you can pick up uh, producer PJ um, on the mic, but... <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) she's got a UTI, okay? Just let her live. Yeah, since we last talked, she got a UTI. So uh, it's been been brief, but you know what? She is in and out of the vet on a weekly basis. And Mm -hmm. thank you, Pet Insurance, for really really coming in clutch. Uh, It's always nervous when you do pet insurance because you're like... um, What if they don't have any issues and I just am spending like $100 a month? Yeah. In the case of Prairie, um, it has been a godsend. You're definitely getting your money's worth with that one. Prairie's, if you can tell by Prairie's snores, um, she is very excited um, about pet insurance because she gets to get weighed all the time and and also is um, on a first-name basis with a doctor now. Oh, I bet they just love you, don't they? Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> I also uh, gave her an edible before this podcast, so she is a little bit zonked out. Fabulous. Um <laughs> Thank you, whoever invented dog edibles, because they are, a, like, literally, she is just, like, zonked beyond belief. Do they work on humans, too? I think there's other types of edibles oh. for humans. Um, okay. I'm not 100% sure. I um, The D.A.R.E. program scared me straight um, That's right. in the second grade, and I have not uh, looked back. Same. Um, so this is an, an abstinence-free podcast. <laughs> abstinence? Abstinence-free podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. That's kind of... That's, that's how it is today. Um, so, Simon, mm-hmm. do we have a guest today? You know, uh, besides snoring PJ, it's, we're flying solo today. We wanted to... I just wanted to spend some time with you. Yeah, let's have a, a little one-on-one sesh. Just a cute little one-on-one. It's been a while. Well, the, the album that we're going over today um, isn't really an album. It's an EP. It's like six an songs. Yep, so six songs. if you take six songs by three people, pop and a flop, you're getting to six songs. So yeah. we decided because we really want to be able to, to give our opinions and dive in deep to the different songs that we um, we just do this uh, as a two-person job. Yeah, and you know what? It feels right. It feels so right. Yeah. Um, before we jump into this, uh, I would love to talk to you a little bit about what your experience is and background is with um, the artist at question. Yeah, so um, as you might have guessed, we are reviewing Troy Savon's new EP titled... Um, uh, this is a pop quiz, Aaron. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Um, the pod, the, it's called In a Dream. Very good. Very good. Yes. So we're doing In a Dream today. Uh, my background with Troy, I didn't get into him too much until his second album, Bloom. Now, um, as you may or may not know, he started off as a YouTube kid, just singing songs to his webcam, um, and then 
caught the eyes of some recording artists here, did a, his first album with, guess who, Jack Antonoff. The guy is fucking everywhere. I honestly don't know how he this does This feels that. like a Jack Antonoff podcast. I feel like Jack Antonoff is the entire recording industry. He's the Illuminati, maybe. I, I mean, I think uh, ever since Dr. Luke went away, um, um, we've now gotten um, him and Jack. The other, I mean, the other person that we have right now is we also have Phineas, who does uh, a lot of music for a lot of different artists too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just in kind of like a golden age of of a lot of producers kind of coming into the business and, and really so young, so young, and young and so talented, freak talent. I, I, I just can't get over it. Anyway, um, so, um, yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time with his first album, Blue Neighborhood. I would like to go back and revisit it, but I have listened to his second album, Bloom, quite a bit, and um, I really kind of... he He's just hooked me for whatever reason. I think he does a lot... He collaborates with a lot of queer people, producers, songwriters, which I, I love. He's very out about who he is. Um, I And I think... For example, his song Bloom, I, I think it's just so cool that we are living in a time where there's a mainstream bop about bottoming. I think that's hilarious and awesome. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, just FYI, I thought you were still talking about Jack Antonoff. Oh, no. And I, it, I it, it took me up until you were like, yeah. yeah, his song about Bloom. I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. talking about Troy. Yeah, Swerve. Uh, Swerve yeah. back. Swerve right on back on track. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, I uh, wasn't, he was in like a movie or something when he was a kid, wasn't he? Like, he's been in a couple of things off the X-Men top. X Men, maybe? Head. I, I think it was like X Men or something like that. But um, then he started showing up on all the gay YouTubers' um, yeah. collabs because they used to do collabs back then. That's mm-hmm. when I, mm-hmm. I found out about Troy. Um, but his very first EP that he put out, Wild. I was like, I'm going to give it a listen. I'm going to give it a listen. And I did, and, and I really, really loved it. Okay. And uh, I'm lying, actually, because that's not his very first EP. That's his second EP. His first EP is Troy with an X over the O. Ooh. I listened to it. It's not super, super great. If you're going to go to the, the, the one that like truly kind of, I feel like, changed the trajectory of his career, it was definitely the Wild EP. Um, mm. the, the songs on that, that EP were just so phenomenal. Um, that it actually caught the eye of, of an artist that we have spent a lot of time talking about on this podcast. Can you guess who I'm talking about? No, why don't you tell me? Um, it's not Jack Antonoff. It is Taylor Swift. Somehow mentioned nearly every episode so far. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Taylor Swift retweeted his, uh, his EP, and it brought it to like mainstream um, visibility. And ever since then, he has become kind of a, a staple of kind of this kind of queer indie pop look what I can do um vibe um that there's so many artists like King Prince or Princess that kind of fall into that that same Mm -hmm. era yeah I think he's severely underrated I I just love what he does I I would I wouldn't say I would say he's rated right on track okay that's how I would probably give him from from my from my um experience so far with him okay um and I did look it up. He was in X-Men Origins Wolverine. I knew it. I think he's a baby Wolverine. I think he was like, really? the ki- I think he was the kid Wolverine or something. But I, I, I have not seen that movie. I just remember like him 
kind of being like, oh yeah, I'm an actor. Mm. Yeah. More recently, he was in Boy Erased, which I did not see because I uh, I don't have the emotional capacity right now. I did. It is so. What I I always have a tough time with with true stories or like yeah. pretty true true stories is mm-hmm. that like sometimes they just end. Yeah. Like there's not like this gripping like wow, everything's good now. It just is like, well, I guess uh, conversion therapy is bad, but it's still around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Check your state to see if you have conversion therapy, and if you don't, call your local state and anything in between legislators to get Mm -hmm. some action done. Um, But that song, oh, um, what is it called? Um, Revelation uh, from that that movie Mm -hmm. that he did. That song is so good. Speaking of, it's one of the the songs that... um, Friend of the podcast, um, Michael Melrose, would, friend of the pod, would always, always, always play. Um, not always, sometimes he'd play at the very end of his yoga class that I took, <sighs> and it was just like the perfect thing to be in your final shavasana for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Simon, should we maybe maybe get started? Yeah, I mean, let's just dive right in. Aaron, what was your top bop of the album? So, uh, this is. This is a tough one for me because there's, I think there's two songs that really, um, really I would say are the highlight of the album for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go with the one that uh, kind of caught me by a surprise, and that is In a Dream. Should In we listen? In a Dream? Yes, I would love to. Uh, uh, mm. Okay, we're back and we just listened to it. Mm. Um, Simon, what'd you think of mm. My Top Bop? What a great way to end the album. I... I would agree with you. This is a bop for me as well. I am obsessed with this song. It just, I feel like it just is like a song I want to run to, but I also like a song I kind of, I could see myself crying to. Absolutely. But also a song I could just see myself wiggling to in the kitchen. Like a, I'm crying on the dance floor kind of way. A little bit. Um, not like a rain on me cry on the dance floor, okay. but like definitely, uh, a cry on me on the dance floor. <laughs> no, um, I, I don't think I would, I, I don't know if I'd want to hear this on the dance floor at all. Like sure. unless there's a remix or something, I don't think the the song does it for it for in that way. But mm-hmm. I do, it just was like a surprise. Oh my gosh, this is a really fun song. Came out of nowhere. And you're yeah. right. It's like the perfect song to, to finish up this kind of, yeah. what I would dub a pretty like experimental album yeah it feels somewhat experimental and it kind of comes out of no like you said comes out of nowhere it definitely is different production wise from the rest of the album but still makes sense with everything else i well this i think the album has a lot of exploratory different types of tracks agreed there's there's just like some songs that just hit you right from the beginning some songs that just have like a weird Sure. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, what? Uh, we're, maybe it's gonna come up in a different song, so I don't want to spoil it. But there's another song that I like. It was so close on because I just have so much fun. There's like this thing that he says that I like never say it at the right time when I'm trying to sing along. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I do. You, could you could you guess what, what, which one I'm talking about? No. Okay. Well, I can't. we'll, we'll, prob- we'll probably get into it. Um, Overall, this song is just so good. One other thing I just want to call out that I noticed, um, I was talking to our, our um, friend of the podcast, Luke Miller, about um, folklore and talking to a couple other people about how like all of the, the songs are lowercase. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Troy has done a lot of different things, uppercase, lowercase. And with this album yeah. in particular, he he did a, a, a wide mix, some that used um, title case, some that used um, all lowercase, and some that used um, sentence case, and some that, all, that just used all uppercase. And even threw in an exclamation mark. Because why not? Because why not? Because language. And here, uh, and what I actually, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I, when I was looking at kind of which ones got what um, punctuation, mm-hmm. they felt like they were strategically chosen that way based on the song type. So like in a dream, it's just like this fast kind of uppity uppity song. Mm-hmm. And so it got all uppercase. Whereas... Uh, one of the other songs could uh, cry just thinking about you is all lowercase. Definitely and, a heavy interlude, and it's of, a heavy yeah. interlude. So, yeah. um, if you you the listener have not noticed that, maybe you want to give it give a, a a quick listen through again um, to be able to see mm-hmm. if if my theory is correct. Yeah. So what I really love about the song is the lyrics are they're kind of they're kind of heavy. Um, in juxtaposition to the beat, which is really fun and driving and it really propels forward and makes you want to wiggle and jiggle, as you said. Um, to me, it kind of f- seems like someone who is, you know, has lost someone or is in the process of losing someone and trying to find their way on on their own. Yeah, and I think what it's, it's kind of doing is it's that struggle of, like, you're still showing, like... I'm still thinking about you and I'm still like, I'm not over you yet. And my walls are thin and all it's going to take is just like the smallest thing. And like, I can see myself going back to you, but like I am committed. And that's kind of where the the beat also kind of helps tell the story of like, I got this, I'm doing this. You're not showing up in my dream. Oh wait, you still are. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like I don't feel great right now, but I'm just, all I can do is push through and keep moving. David Archuleta was right. <laughs> Fucking crushes suck and emotions suck. Uh, wow. I never thought we would call out <laughs> David Archuleta on the pod, but here we are. Season two, run, season two runner up? Oh God, I don't even remember. I just uh, remember Ruben Studdard and Kelly Clarkson and Clay Aiken. Those are the only people I remember from that show. Oh my God, there's so many more. David Cook. <sighs> Jordan Sparks. <laughs> Do you tune into uh, American Idol? Let us know in the comments. In the comments down below. <laughs> if there are, are pod. Um, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, we're loving the reviews so far. We're all, I think we're, I think we're five, five star or like very, very close to five star. We might have a four star. Do we have a four star? <laughs> no. We're, we're, all, we're five. all five stars We're all right five now. stars. Speaking of, if you want to leave a review and you're feeling a four, maybe just don't. Yeah, just maybe... Yeah. Maybe um, talk to us, ask us how, uh, what it would, like, we want to know what it would take for you to get from a four to a five. Absolutely. Um, We're we're pretty open. We're not above bribery. (laughs) No, no. Just, I mean, who knows? So, Aaron, bringing it back to In a Dream, is there anything else you want to touch on, or? No, I actually, the only thing I want to touch on is what your top bop is. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, I went ahead and I selected Rager Teenager as my top bop. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Rager teenager. Exclamation point. Looks like we are about to exclamation point. Listen to this new bop. Exclamation point. See you soon. Mm. <sighs> wow. Wow. That was a good track. Yeah. I have to yeah. say, when I first listened to it, there's the line like, I want to lose myself in your arms or his arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
I was like, wait, hold on, because I thought I thought the song going in was very much about um, kind of that feeling of of like this is it, this is the one, like in that like butterfly, that like explosive butterfly feeling you get when like mm-hmm. you just uh, it is so right. I watching the lyrics as we were listening just now. I think I get what this this song is about, but I want to ask you, Simon, why do you like the song? Okay, so, oh God, there's so many reasons why I like this song. Um, I think as a whole, lyrically, this album is, like, pretty heavy. It deals with, like, loss and, you know, moving forward on your own. And, you know, with COVID, there's a lot of unknowns happening and this song feels like a little bit lighter in like a bright spot on the album in terms of what he's singing about. Um, you know, there are lines that make me think about, you know, my youth and growing up in high school. Like, I just want to go out. I just want to fuck shit up and just ride in your car tonight, in your bed tonight, which to me, it feels like, you know, you're letting go of all your inhibitions. You're just going to have a good time with your friends Um, So I love where that image brings me. Um, There's something, too, about the quality of his vocals. Like, there's something so dreamy Mm -hmm. about them. And his voice is very young and fresh and almost like there's a naivety to it. But the stuff that he sings about is so grounded in reality and so relatable that I think just for whatever reason, it works so well together. Um, this this one really just like hit me in my feels. It was exactly what I needed to hear during quarantine. Yeah, it it really just did it for me. I love it so much. So do you know what I um I think so now that I I've kind of dissected the lyrics a little bit more. Um, I I think this song is about um the like missing your youthful spirit missing your youth yeah. and like and like all that kind of um naivety or naivety naivety yeah naivety yeah. and kind of just like innocence that you had where like everything felt so explosive and like just like yeah and you, your your responsibilities weren't so heavy yeah and so like yeah. this this song is like i I missed you around. It's or I, I miss you around. It's I miss my younger because he he talks like hey little teenager. Yeah. One of the things that I didn't like before I did the lyric dissection. So who knows what that says about me? But I <laughs> I was like uh, it brought me back to I remember there was this time where my brother um, we were driving down to Rochester to see my my um, my cousins or my grandparents or something, and I was listening to to. Khaled's um, American Teen album. Okay. And he has a song called 18. Mm-hmm. And it's about like, you live with your parents and nah, nah, nah. And like, <laughs> and my brother makes the comment in the car ride. He's like, why is this kid, like, why is this kid talking about like um, all of these like 18 year old stuff? Like, is he 18 years old? And I was like, no, he's reminiscing. And, the, and then, and then come to find out he actually was 18. Oh. <laughs> like, I think the song went like, he is like legit, I think he's like 20. Um, so that so, like, <laughs> where do these people get off? So you like know, when when twenty Rachel, years old releasing albums, eighteen releasing albums. I know Billie Eilish like what sixteen releasing <sighs> an album. I don't know. Oh dear. Um, but like when Rage Your Teenager um came out, I was like Troy, you I you look like a teenager, but like he does. He's very youthful looking. But like, stop writing about 
your youth because you're no longer a kid. But this song, <laughs> the way that this song ended up coming to be, I think um, it really actually... I'm probably going to go back and listen to it and really, really enjoy mm-hmm. this song, even though it wasn't a, a top contender um, sure. on my list to begin sure. with. So I think, too, when you go back and listen, um, and something to consider, too, is like where Troy's at in his life right now. Uh, he, I think he's been living in L.A. for the past couple of years, and you know he's kind of grown up a little bit in the public eye. And I think L.A., when you're young and kind of going through more formative periods of your life, can... I mean, I've never lived there, but I imagine living in a place like L.A. or New York during that time, you could easily feel kind of lost. And so I think with this album, while he is making it, you know, that was definitely on his mind. I think him and his his uh, former, I think, former boyfriend, Jacob Bixenman, I, I don't think it's confirmed officially, but I don't think they're together anymore. Um, mm. So there's that. And then... You know, at the start of COVID, he went back to Australia in Melbourne, where his parents now live. So just like all this crazy transition type stuff going on in his life, I think is shaping what we're hearing on this EP. Got it. Yeah, I I would wonder and I actually um, I, I would wonder how much of this album he wrote pre COVID and how much he wrote post COVID, because I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. Um, the very first song, take yourself home that yes. came out, that came out very early COVID. Yeah. So that was probably done pre. And then I think as part of his coping with COVID happening, he's just like, I'm going to release some music. Like, I don't really know what form this is going to take, but I'm going to release something. And so I think Take Yourself Home was the first of that. But I feel like he probably, like, I, I think that he meant to release an LP and he was going to do normal promo stuff. And he felt like this was like an opportunity to give a song and to like start doing that process yeah. of pushing it out. Mm-hmm. Cause I think he, he was, he kind of had to, um, he tweeted about fighting his label. Uh, a little bit oh. about like releasing the song. He's like, I think I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna release it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, it would be interesting if he ever does an interview, and we can keep uh, keep a lookout. But like, if he ever does an interview on um, what songs he wrote pre COVID, or like mm-hmm. what his state of mind were, was for each of the songs, because I yeah. imagine it's gonna be a, a weird mix. Yeah. Of like, mm-hmm. and this is just like his like, I want to release music because I. I'm a musician. I will put out a full e- LP or whatever else at a later day. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is no stranger to EPs. And so this right. was like kind of his nice kind of compromise. Yeah. And I think for just the, the messages and like what he's going through, I think the EP six songs, it comes in just under 20 minutes total. I think it's kind of the perfect package. I didn't need any more or any less, honestly. Um, so I, I guess I, I have to ask then, Simon. Yeah. Um, do you have a biggest flop? Honestly, I don't. I truly think that it was, like I said, I thought it was the perfect package from start to finish. I really, um, immediately from Take Yourself Home, there is just something so interesting about the production. It just sounds like nothing that's being released right now. And I was immediately hooked. I thought 
that like even the addition of that like it's there's the interlude that's less than a minute long could cry thinking about it or whatever it's called like it all just felt like such an interesting way of conveying an artist's state of mind during this time that like I felt like I got it and like I, I mean I pre-ordered the vinyl I spent $22 on a six-song <laughs> EP, and I'd do it again. Like, I loved this so much. It's one of my favorite releases of the year. Wow. Yeah. How um, about you, Aaron? I mean, overall, from this six-song EP, are you bopping or are you flopping? Well, before I give it a full rating, yeah. I, if you're okay with it, I'd love to say what my biggest flop is. Please tell me. Um, my biggest flop... Was it the interlude? It's So it is the interlude. Oh, um, it I is, had a feeling. And, and, and uh, could cry just thinking about you, in case yeah. you're wondering... We are assuming it's an interlude because it's 50, like 52 seconds long. Right. It and seems like a quick, like, this is what I'm thinking. And then yeah, moving on. It, it, it kind of... And so I guess where I, um, the reason why I'm giving it a flop is not because it's, it's bad in and of itself, but mm-hmm. with an EP of, of being six songs long, you, you wonder, shoot. Oh, oh, we're playing it. Oh, <laughs> no, we're, we're playing a different one. That was, that was easy. Um, oh. the good news is I think you can have like five second clips and it doesn't count. Okay. So I think, I don't think to... anyone's coming for a <laughs> quite yet. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> um, but like. Kind of bold of him to to need an interlude for a six song EP. So were you just looking for some more material? I I I wish that the song was either longer or I wish that like this didn't. I think this this EP could have been just a solid package without it, mm. and having it as as a part of it, um, as kind of this half baked interlude in the middle. Sure, just didn't it felt like it could have been a cleaner package without. Mm-hmm. So okay. don't hate it necessarily, right. but like, I think that this is a song that like I would have appreciated for the LP cause it, maybe it'll, this will turn into an LP. Sure. Um, that I, this is where I'd, I'd give the, the, the flop if I was going to kind of point, point the finger somewhere. Yeah. That's, um, I think that's fair. I just, for whatever reason where it lands in the album, it, um, remind me where it is like between it's between, um, easy and stud. Is that right? Easy and stud. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, just in the journey of the album, it worked for me. Um, and I was a little less hung up about like the length of everything. It just, for whatever reason, as I listened to it, I was like, yeah, that works for me. What I would say is I think that the, another reason too is although I don't like, again, I I like stud Mm -hmm. somehow it, it, it took me out of the kind of the weird eclectic, not eclectic, but like eccentric, Some, maybe it, it's a little eccentric, experimental. And yeah. so, and so, Stud was uh, right on track with that, and sometimes even it pushed the boundaries even further. So there's yeah, a there, sure. there is a pretty um, kind of larger shift that just made it even more awareness. Where if I felt like you went from easy to Stud right away, mm-hmm. you might have um, it might have been a cleaner listen and less abrasive. Sure, um, but. Overall, I would say that this this EP for me is definitely a bop. Yeah. I think um, when I think about where I'd classify a bop as an album going forward, um, it's probably going to be a, a bop that I would want to go back to listen to the the album like a week out, two yeah. weeks out, that I'm going to probably want to continue to go back to even a year or two later. Like, for sure. Because I do that with uh, Blue Neighborhood, his first LP. Mm, yeah. 
I do that with Bloom a little bit, but I'm more of a Blue Neighborhood kid. Okay, that's fair. But this is definitely going to be one where it's gonna it's gonna be on repeat pretty often this summer or the the rest of the summer. Um, so I'm I'm giving it a bop as well. Awesome. Now, I mean, do we have a little more time? Could we? Because I didn't technically have a flop. And I know we both also really liked Easy. Can we listen and maybe talk a little bit? I want to talk about Easy. Let's talk about Easy. All right. We're back. We just watched the music video for Easy. Yeah, this is a different experience, but I, (sighs) I love the music video and like the fact that the album cover came from the video mm. is just like that underwater mm. shot oh so good so the the album cover to me it feels like you know like have you ever had a picture where like you do not like objectively do not look good but somehow you're like wow i kind of look fun and funky and like i like this photo <laughs> that's kind of what this yeah. album like i don't think the album cover is the most like um beautiful picture of of troy no, by any means it captures like a state of mind i and and kind of captures like a um, a vulnerability a little bit. Absolutely, I'm I'm drowning here. Okay. But but going back to easy, um, I, I mentioned earlier in the um, the podcast that the the second epi- or the second um, bop that I was kind of debating about was uh, was one that like you could sing along to and have like the you'd never get the timing right. <laughs> um, that's that's for me. The this house is a fire. Oh. <laughs> I, I always, <laughs> always, always get the woo wrong. And I, I just can't wait to go to um, his concert. And I'm just going to be like, guys, get ready, get ready. And I'm going to get, get like, I'm going to get a large group of people around me to oh, all yeah. do it when I do go three, two. <laughs> and then we're all just going to, and he's just not going to realize. He's going to be like, what yeah. the hell was that? You guys are way off. Right, right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, this one definitely was in the running for top up. I think. Um, just looking at the lyrics, it feels the most personal and vulnerable. It's the lyrics are just they really eat at your heart. They're so sad. Yeah, it's um it's definitely a very vulnerable state that he puts himself in in yeah. this song and across this album, but um like I mean, can I just read the chorus for you? Please, please. I can't even look at you. Would you look at the space just next to your feet? The wood is warping. The lines distorting. This house is on fire. Woo! Thank you. Uh, burning the tears right off my face. What the hell did we do? Tell me we'll make it through. Oh, oh, it's like oh, so good. That's my favorite chorus on the album. I think. I, I. It's not mine, but I would have to go. I want. I don't want to look up the lyrics to to um, in a dream, but I do feel okay. like in a dream's chorus. That's is yeah. is is good for me too, but, um, love, love, love this song. Uh, so this is, this is a, a first where we are reviewing our top bops, um, and biggest flops, but there's, I think just one song on the album. That, we just oh, had two. to talk about it. We had to talk about it. Yeah. And I think you're 100% right. So sorry, yeah. stud and sorry, take yourself home. We didn't give you light of the day. We also love you, but just um you're somewhere in the middle and that's fine but um aaron did you know this one almost didn't make it on the album did you know that no yeah so i think if i'm if i understood correctly this song he wrote the lyrics for and they were so like they just were so hard for him to write and process and deal with that he didn't even want to deal with 
producing it or anything, so he kind of left it on the back burner. And then that's when legend producer Max Martin stepped in. Now, let me give you a little reminder for some of the work Max Martin has done, okay? So think, you know, um, Britney Spears' Baby One More Time, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys, It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC, Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry, uh, Blank Space by Taylor Swift. Like, the guy has had number one hits on Billboard from the 90s to now. And and bringing it back to American Idol, I'm pretty sure that he actually is also... He was, like, a mentor on many seasons uh, for many different uh, contestants once they hit, like, a certain point. I I didn't know that. I Maybe... Maybe I don't know. I, PJ I, will fact check this. And PJ, can you fact check this? Yeah. Boop, boop, beep, beep, boop. <laughs> Still pending. Uh, PJ, um, her um, pause don't really work on her iPhone screen that she has, so mm-hmm. um, she can't talk to Siri. No, so. it's uh, yeah. this will take her a while, yeah. but um, maybe in a future episode she'll come back and mm-hmm. give us the answer. But yeah, apparently, um, when Max Martin met up with Troy during the making of this album, he was just playing him some of the things that he had put together and he like froze on easy and was obsessed with it and was like we have to work on this one and do something with it and thank god he did thank god he did um great bop so fun doing this is just a two-person job yeah this is a lot of fun there's one last thing that we have to do before we go and Mm -hmm. that's simon what is your single obsession of the week (sighs) okay so listening to troy this week it made me go back into his discography a little bit and I revisited uh, the Bloom album and my single obsession of the week was Lucky Strike. Loved that one. Oh, yeah. that was a good So one. good. I almost forgot about it somehow and then came back into my life and I'm so glad it did. How about you? What have you been listening to this week? So one of the... One of my favorite artists, um, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. Um, recently, it was her five-year emotion anniversary. So mm. five years since the iconic album, iconic Emotion. Iconic album. Um, maybe it's going to be a, a future Rewind episode. Um, who one, knows? One can hope. One can hope. One can dream. Um, but it turns out she released two songs exclusively in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and some random person on Twitter was like, hey, so maybe do you want to release those two songs worldwide for um, the fifth anniversary? And and she was like, yeah, okay. She was just sitting in her bed one night <laughs> in her little robe. She's like, hmm, yeah. And so there are um, two songs that she released, and I'm just going to tell you straight off the gate, they're, they're both bops. Ugh. Talking about deluxe editions, talking about bonus tracks, all that. These two songs slap. So Japan got to enjoy them for five years or years without us, which just makes me bitter. <laughs> but my uh, top bop of the week, or my um, current obsession of the week, uh, current, no, what is it? Single obsession. My single obsession of <laughs> the week. We got there. We got is, there. Is um, Never Get to Hold You. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the bonus tracks. I, I would encourage you to listen to both of them, but Never Get to Hold You it came on and I was like, dang, bring me back to emotion. This song is so good. Yes. Um, so that's what I've been listening to in my off, in my off time of not mm-hmm. doing all of these music reviews. Yeah. I have to wonder, um, cause I don't think, or at least she might've in a very limited release, um, released emotion side B on vinyl when it came out. But in my recent searching, I hadn't found it cause I wanted to get it. So maybe for the fifth anniversary, she'll do us a solid and, release that on vinyl 
Because she did with dedicated side B. That's on vinyl. Dedicated mm-hmm. side B feels more like more of like uh, intentional mm. versus emotion side B felt very unintentional, okay. like kind of for the fans. Where yeah. this one was like still for the fans, but like now her audience emotion didn't have like emotion was planned to be Carly Rae Jepsen at Excel Energy Center at Staples Center. Yeah. It was meant to be headliner. Sure. And it kind of didn't hit that mark because mm-hmm. she did take a lot more creative control. And with that, her fans loved it. But people that like mainstream didn't love it mm. or didn't give it its time of day that it deserved. Yeah. And so Emotion Side B was her giving like the fans a little bit more taste of her thought process. Okay. And Dedicated felt very much like this is for the fans. And so when Dedicated Side B came out, she almost kind of it, it felt like she pre-planned oh. that there was going to be a Side B. Yeah. Um, maybe that's her thing now. But I, I, I would think that she would have done something with a vinyl for side B of emotion. Um, yeah, I, 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 it must have been like a really limited release or something. But you know, I'll do some googling. So Simon, if 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 you end up finding a copy and it costs a lot of money, mm. um, just wondering what are your your social handles? Maybe even your Venmo. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. So if you wanna. You know, throw me some money so I can buy some vinyl. Um, my Instagram is at the realist Simon, and uh, so is my Venmo. Uh, where can they find your socials? Um, I'm at the Aaron on all socials, including Venmo, Cash App, um, all that. Yes. Message money, me honey. on Instagram if you want my Apple Cash. I'm happy to have you send me money yeah. that way. And uh, thank you again for joining us on this week's edition of uh, Bop. Or flop. Tune in next time. See ya. Bye.